Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. It's good. We're closing down a series today, a sermon series we've been in called This Is Us. We've been talking about the values of our church and what makes us, you know, kind of unique as a body. And so this has been a great time for new people to come to Promised Land so you can kind of get a taste and feel immediately of what we're like and why we are the way we are and who we are. Um, and so if you have any questions about this along the way, we'd love to answer any questions that you have. Of course, next steps next week that Jennifer was telling you about is a great time to ask questions. Here's, here in two sentences is, is what we've talked about so far. That at Promise End, we're a Bible-based, spirit-led family whose heart beats for discipleship. We are real and we are diverse. Today, I want to close out with one concept, two points uh, that are very simple but very, very important in shaping who we are as a church body. And, you know, the path that we take and why we do some of the things that we do. It starts off with this very simple point. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. We are all born sinful, sin-filled. David said, I was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. So we believe that because Adam and Eve fell, humans were cursed so every human born was born in sin, Jesus being the exception because he was born of a virgin and was conceived by the Holy Spirit. But every other human, come on, look around beside you, sinners, sinners, you dirty sinners, you need Jesus, I need Jesus, I need Jesus every day. Um, yeah, somebody said, uh, you really believe that you need Jesus to go to heaven? They said, I need Jesus to go to Walmart, (laughs) much less heaven. Come on, driving down the road. We need Jesus. Come on. Matthew 9, 35, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news, the good news about the kingdom, it was his kingdom. He healed every kind of disease and illness. And the reason he did that, the reason he healed disease and illness was to show them who he was. To prove to him, them that he was the Messiah. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they were confused and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. It doesn't really matter how well the outward appearance is of a person it doesn't matter how much power they have or how much popularity they have in this life people that are not in a relationship with Jesus are helpless like a sheep without a shepherd many people come to Jesus when they're in trouble right they find Jesus in prison or they find Jesus in financial trouble 
They find Jesus when they have a cancer diagnosis. But I want to make sure you know that the need for Jesus transcends the season that you're in right now. The need that you have for Jesus transcends this life that you're living right now. Because every single one of us will die and we will go and stand in front of God and have to answer for our life. And at that judgment, we will be judged on our life and how we lived our life. And humanity as a whole will be deemed not worthy to live with God in eternity because we as a whole have sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. The glory of God is so amazing and perfect and pure and holy and righteous and all of that. Hard to describe. He's so good. None of us are that good. So when we get to that place of judgment, we stand before God and we, there's a judgment, the Bible says, of are you going to spend eternity with God forever and ever or are you going to be separated from God forever and ever and ever? That will be the moment that is decided. Those who have put their trust in Jesus... Those who have said yes to Jesus, the way. Everybody needs the way, Jesus. Jesus doesn't just give us a path to salvation. Jesus is the path to salvation. Jesus is salvation. Jesus is your salvation. Jesus is the answer to every question that you have in life. Jesus is the answer. So those of us who've said, yes, Jesus, I believe that you came to this planet as an innocent human, but fully God at the same time, but ex- felt the pain of this earth and the darkness of this earth and all of the problems of this earth. Jesus, you felt it. You were here. You lived like one of us. And I'm thankful for you, Jesus, for doing that and living that sinless life and doing what you did to fulfill the prophecies and Jesus, I believe that you willingly took on the world's sin and took our place of punishment when you were arrested and beaten and abused and spit upon and mocked and insulted and then willingly laid down on that execution cross and gave your life physically and eternally laying down Taking The Bible also says that he nailed our sins to the cross. Our sins have been nailed to the cross. Those of us that say yes to Jesus, that the sin that has plagued you from birth that you didn't even commit, just the, just the darkness of being a human, is covered by the blood of Jesus. But also every sin that you and I have committed is covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Jesus died for you and me on the cross, taking our place that we deserve to be in. And he trades us. I will take your sin, he says. I'll take your sin and your punishment, and I'll give you what I deserve, which is eternal life with God. So when we get to that judgment and we are about to have the sentence of death placed upon us 
And God looks at us, promised land people, and sees that we are covered by the blood of Jesus. We are then ushered into eternal life with God forever and ever. Not because of what you have done or I have done on this planet, but simply because of our faith in what Jesus has done on this planet. Right? And so that truth, that truth that every single one of us is a sinful person and we all need salvation. Uh, This text is just so rich. It says that he had compassion. Jesus had compassion on all these people. It's, It's a great question. What do we do with these people that are outside of the family? What do we do with these people that are acting so opposed to the values that we hold so dear to ourselves and close to ourselves? The, the life that we are aspiring to live of holiness and righteousness and living according to the Bible and living to, according to the principles of the scriptures. What, about, what do we do with the people that aren't doing that? That are living a life completely on their own? And how do, how do we handle those. Jesus is teaching in this passion, this passage, that we don't abandon them or mock them or curse them. Instead, we have compassion. He says he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And so, this is the second point. The first point: everyone needs Jesus. But the second point is that promised land loves the lost we love people that are far from God straight people gay people trans people democrats republicans religious secular gun owners pacifists we love you pastor are you sure that we should have included that one group of people in there Jesus looked at these people and had compassion for them because they're helpless. They're lost. The problem is they don't act like they're lost, right? They act like they know more than you do, right? And the tendency for us as we walk this path following Jesus, the further we get along on this path, it is very easy and natural for us to look down upon or begin to judge people that are not at the same place that we are. That's why we continually need to read this passage and continually be convicted of that judgmental Pharisee type spirit that is looking down upon people that don't know Jesus. They don't know the truth. And they're not going to know the truth by you beating them over the head with the Bible. Right? We have to love them. And that's scary. What if they think that I believe in what they're doing? What if they, uh, what if people think that I'm not a believer because I'm loving someone that, you know, all those natural inhibitions uh, are there. But we're going to be like Jesus at Promised Land. We're going to love people that are far from him. And we're going to see them the way Jesus sees them as lost and helpless Um, needing salvation, needing a shepherd in their life. One of the worst things that we can do is be judgmental of people who are far from God. The most Christ-like thing we can do is love them, be compassionate towards them because 
they are lost. That, I think it's important to keep reading this scripture and seeing the vision of what Jesus sees. Because as I said just a second ago, these people often don't convey themselves as being lost. Um, in fact, they can convey themselves as being more found than you are. But we are anchored to this truth as this family here at this local body that every human needs Jesus and that Jesus is the answer to every situation. So without Jesus, every single one of us is lost. Even those of you that have been around here for a while and kind of acting the part, when you start acting the part, but then you start taking a self-centered approach to it and a prideful approach, wow, look at me, look at my life, I'm, at least I'm not like you. You know, that exact situation happened in the temple with Jesus, um, with the Pharisees, and they were judging people. Well, at least I'm not like that person over there. And Jesus had that same message. I love the fact that Jesus uses this sheep analogy. And uh, you might say, well, why does Jesus use this sheep analogy? I, th- I think we should get around sheep more often. So we can see how messed up we really are and how tender we really are and how vulnerable we really are. Sheep are predator magnets. They're fluffy and plump and slow and tasty and they don't have fangs and they don't have the ability to fight anything off. They are just predator magnets. Uh, Coyotes and wolves and bobcats and all that can prey upon These lambs. Sheep need to be out of harsh weather. Sheep need a protection from a variety of worms and bugs that can infest them and take over the flock. Here's probably the most uh, similar thing towards us and sheep. Sheep make really poor decisions. I wish I had the video. Have y'all seen the video? It's all over the internet where this guy's pulling the sheep out of the out of the ground. Have y'all seen this? He's working. He's getting the sheep out of the ground. And he gets the sheep out of the ground. And the sheep immediately runs around and dives right back into the same hole. That's us. That's us. Sheep are predator magnets. We have to be guarded. We have to be led to the proper water to drink. So when Jesus is comparing humans to sheep, he's not doing that on accident. He's doing that on purpose Because that's what we are like. We are predator magnets. We are ignorant of the issues going on around us. And we get sucked in to situations where we need protection and guidance. And we make terrible decisions. Uh, And we need somebody to help us. We need a shepherd. Well, Promisan is a lover of lost sheep. Promised Land has a heart for those who are far from God. And instead of judging and having a posture of dominance over people that are far from God, we want to humbly serve those who are lost. I want us to go to John, the 8th chapter, and uh, this is a powerful text. John 8, 1 through 11 is a story where the religious leaders come to Jesus dragging a woman that was caught in the act 
of adultery. Not just like hearsay, hey, we heard about this one. No, she was actually caught while in the act. John 8 and 4. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. So what do you say? They're trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down. Somebody say stooped down. He stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. And they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Verse 9, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again. So Jesus is getting down, standing up, getting down, standing up. He said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus says, neither do I. Go And sin no more. Jesus is the most powerful man that ever lived on the planet. Okay? He has the most authority. Jesus was the word that was spoken and the worlds were created. Okay? So Jesus has always existed. Jesus was at the beginning. And John 1, the same book, says that in the beginning was the word. And The Word was God. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh. Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus has all power, all authority. He rules over everything, rules over eternity. And Jesus has a choice in this situation. He could have shied away from the situation. Be like, ah, guys, I'm, you know, you guys talk about it. He could have taken the sides of the Pharisees. He could have judged the woman and began to stone her himself. But Jesus, I want you to think about the most powerful human to ever live could have done anything. And, and we're clear as we read scripture that he, he never made a mistake, okay? So he's not going to make a mistake here. He could have stood over her in condemnation. But instead, he gets down in the dirt beside her. He gets down on her level and takes the posture of an advocate for her. And begins to write in the dirt. So many different thoughts on what he's writing there. Most likely he's writing sins that these people have committed and in the dirt and showing them you know and so then they start dropping their stones he kneels in the dirt and gets on her level Jesus dismantles the attacks of the Pharisees by getting down on the level of the accused he makes himself vulnerable right he takes a risk for his own reputation. What are, what are people going to say about Jesus now? I mean, he's, 
He's hanging out with the adulteress. He's taking her side in this. This was a threat to his ministry. It was a threat to his identity of what people are going to say about him. But Jesus doesn't care. He takes the risk and he gets down in the dirt with this woman who has been uh, found in the act of a, of, a, of a very, very tough sin. He takes the, the posture of an advocate and he has compassion for this lost sheep. He has a compassion for her heart. The promise land is going to be a church family that gets down in the dirt with the people that are lost in Hayes County. San Marcos, Kyle, Buda, Wimberley, Lockhart, New Braunfels, all the surrounding areas, people watching online, wherever you're living. We're going to be a people that love the lost, have a compassion for the lost, and bringing truth in love. When Jesus took that posture with the woman caught in adultery, it not only protected her from death, but it convicted her of her sin in a healthy way. And then he sends her off to sin no more. So the act of adultery is not accepted by Jesus. The woman is accepted by Jesus. And he loves this woman and he has a vision for her life that is beyond the sin that she's in right now. Right? And he's not allowing the sin that she's in right now to completely identify her and condemn her for the rest of her life. This is your identity. You're an adulterer. Jesus sees beyond the sin and sees this woman restored, living a life of wholeness and purity. And many church historians believe that this woman becomes one of the closest followers of Jesus and is with him at the cross when he dies. Because he has a, an ability to, to take his own reputation and say, you know what, my own reputation is at risk here, but that's okay. And he also has the vision for this woman saying, yes, she has sinned. Yes, she's doing something immoral. Yes, God hates this sin. But I have a vision for her life that is much further and beyond the current circumstance of her mistakes. And that is our position here at Promise Land. Yes, we hate sin. Yes, we, we don't agree with the path of modern society and the, the, the degeneration of all that's happening in different cultures and subcultures of our world. There's so many prevalent sinful things happening in people's lives. But we're going to have a vision of these lost sheep and have compassion knowing that there is a calling beyond this current season that they're in. And if we can show them the love of Jesus and take a posture of advocate with them and hey, I understand you're going through a heavy time and I know that times are tough in your life and you're living in a way that you're confused about and don't understand. Come on and be a part of my life. Come on, let's go have a meal. I love you. I'm compassionate towards you. And I have a future in my vision for your life that you don't even see yet. 
because you're so caught up. And these are, you know, maybe not things that we literally tell people, but this is our posture and our attitude toward them. And um, you're going to be tested in this probably on a daily basis where you in your, in your path, you are going to have people coming into your path that are not God-like, that are not Christ-like. How are you going to handle these people? How, are, how, how is your heart towards them? How are you going to see them? What's the vision you have in, for them that goes beyond the sin that they're caught up in right now? And instead of casting judgment or making fun or ostracizing them or not allowing them to be a part of your life, take a risk and allow them some time and some attention and a safe place to come. Aren't you glad that this was a safe place for you to come to? Oh, I know y'all weren't sinners when y'all came to Promise Land. Y'all were so perfect when you came here. <laughs> Band, y'all come help me uh, close this down. There's probably some people in here today, in this room today, that are on this figurative ground yourself. You're in the dirt right now yourself. I want you to know that this is a safe place for you to get your bearings and to come into an awareness of how much God loves you. And sometimes that takes time. And it takes being around other people, letting your guard down a little bit. And being vulnerable yourself and being transparent yourself and allowing other people into your space. And so I want to encourage you to do that. I want, you, I want to encourage you to keep coming and come be a part of, of Promise Land. There's, there's small groups that are meeting all over the area most days of the week. And uh, we have these little paper booklets today that have those groups listed you can get one out in the foyer as you leave i want to encourage you to get one of those and pick a group this this week and find a community of people that you can connect with and and what i'm telling you right now is is you're going to find a group of people they're going to embrace right you right where you are and love you and in those places in your life where you are needing help and direction they're going to say, we're here for you. We love you. And when the time is right, we'll say, go and sin no more. God has a better plan for your life than living in the lifestyle that you're living in. And the things that we in this modern culture find to give us our identity that are often so far from God, may we all. Surrender those at the cross of Jesus and receive the beautiful, beautiful affirmation from God of being his son and being his daughter, being a part of, of the family. So, so if you're looking for an advocate, you're in the right place. We're here for you. 
We want to be here for you. This is a safe place. We want to listen. We want to help. And, it, and, and let me just say, if you're an established believer in Jesus and you're wondering what promised land is like, let me clear it up for you. If you want to just be in a, in, a, in a church and sit here on Sunday and get spiritually fat and not get engaged and not connect with unbelievers and, and just be kind of lukewarm with a judgmental spirit, this is the wrong church for you. We need your seat. We're looking for people that are hungry to help, longing to love. Jesus is building his church on this rock with a people that are quick to compassion. Matthew 9 and 37, Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is great. The harvest is great. But the workers are few. The harvest is the lost. So he goes from a sheep analogy to an agricultural. The harvest is great. That means all the people that are ready to come into the kingdom that are lost. That, that, there's no lack of harvest. But the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. And that's really what today is about. Promised Land is going to be a group of people working the harvest, loving the lost, with the understanding that everyone needs Jesus, no matter how well-kempt they are and how good their portfolio is and all of that. Everyone needs Jesus. And we're going to love people into this place of conviction so that they can see the truth and the power of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Would you stand to your feet right now? I want us to pray. And just, um, and, and why don't you right now as I pray, why don't you just allow God to speak to you on where are you, where are you on this spectrum? Are you, are you in the spot where you struggle with this, nervous about it? What am I going to do? What are people going to think? How do I do this? Those are all great questions. Jesus is our answer, right? Jesus is our solution. We're going to go to Jesus right now. Some of you may be on the part of the spectrum where you are the person in the dirt needing support and help. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the solution. Why don't we go to him right now? Heavenly Father, we just welcome you into this moment, welcome you into this conversation. And we first of all say we are so thankful and grateful for your work that you did for us. Would you just say that to him right now? Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Maybe that's the first time you're going to ever say that. Say it today. Thank you, Jesus for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Please forgive me of my sin. I am a human that needs a Savior. I am a sinner. 
and I am trusting in you, Jesus, to be my salvation. I'm believing in you, Jesus, and your work. Lord, show me, teach me, help me. I want to pray just for a moment for everybody in here as a harvester, as a laborer. In the name of Jesus, Father, I just pray that you equip us for such a time as this. God, that you give us heart for the, for the helpless, for these lost sheep, Lord. Let us have compassion for them. Let us be aware that they're needing you, God. Instead of being trapped in our own world, in our own selfish cycle of building our own little kingdom, God, may we be aware of the lostness around us and the people around us, God, so that when we have conversations, we would be prepared and ready for the great harvest that you have in San Marcos. God, I'm praying that everyone that leaves this room today will be sent on mission to their neighborhoods, their workplaces, their school, their friendships, their family relationships, in person, online, through phone calls, conversations, emails, texting, every single avenue that we participate in. God, I'm praying that you would flow through us, that we would make a difference, and that we would be laborers in your harvest and reaching the lost of this region. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, somebody say amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.